Cool. All right. Welcome back to the No Bullcrap Podcast. Thank you guys for listening and joining in. I am joined by my good friend, Will Henrik. We've been friends on TikTok for I don't know how long and following each other on social media. I love everything you're doing, bro. And we're going to get into it a little bit and I'll let you kind of share your testimony and what you're doing. But you do street preaching, you do awesome theology and gospel stuff on TikTok. And I'm just a huge fan of everything you do. So I have no complaints with all the stuff you've put out. So um, I know you've got a lot of great things to say and we're just going to have a casual conversation about whatever the Holy Spirit wants us to talk about, bro. So we can talk about theology. We can talk about Calvinism versus Arminianism. We can talk about your experiences and out on the street preaching, whatever you want to do. But first, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you grew up, what you like doing as a kid and a little bit of your testimony, whatever you want to share. All right. I appreciate it. That was a great introduction. <laughs> uh, so if, uh, my name is Will. Some of you may know me as Wretched Wubs, maybe a few of you. Um, I've been making Christian videos on TikTok for, oh, geez, it's been about a year now, which is crazy to me. Um, yeah, I live in New Hampshire, 23 years old, coming on 24. Not excited about You're old. birthdays. <laughs> Birthday, <laughs> birthday stopped being fun. At 20, I'm not, they're not what they used to be, but, um, yeah, I've been, I got saved less than two years ago, uh, grew up in a Christian home, uh, I, well, I grew up in a home that went to church, I don't know if I would call it a Christian home, but we went to church, you know, you, I live at mom and dad's house, I'm going to church on Sundays, that was, that that was the deal, but I had no interest in it at all. Didn't couldn't care less about it. The second I was able to get out of the house and do what I wanted to do, I was out. I was there. Um, yeah, that's so common today too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, so, tell us a little bit about your street preaching. You got a YouTube channel. What are you doing? Yeah. With that? Uh, I haven't uploaded on it in a little bit. I started doing the YouTube thing a little over a month ago. It was more of just like a little passion project thing I was doing. Uh, of course, if it like got some traction and blew up, that would be cool too. But it was nothing, nothing that I'm really considering doing long term. Uh, I just thought it'd be fun to do record it, maybe encourage some other Christians to go out to watch them and then go out and share the gospel but so i haven't recorded in a while plus out over here in new hampshire it's getting cold people aren't really walking around <laughs> right now so it's harder to find people so i've actually started doing some door-to-door -door evangelism which is interesting it's it's definitely harder because people are in the comfort of their own home and they can just easily slam the door in your face and not care. But you catch someone off guard on the street, it's they're they're a little more willing to talk to you. But yeah. um, it's still good. So what's uh real quick just for everybody who've who's never done street preaching and I've never really done it either, um, what's like the biggest difference between that and just like evangelizing on social media for you? What were you maybe not expecting or what was just uh, surprised you about the experience or so? Um, one that in person, they talk back. They don't on social yeah. media. Or, or at least you can ignore the people being rude. Right, you can ignore the comments. Media. But 
um, really is how willing people are to have a conversation much more than I thought they would be people who aggressively disagree with me just yeah they're people who are willing to have that 15 20 minute conversation in the street I'm just some random dude coming up to you asking you what you think happens when you die and they're willing to talk and you know I can respect anybody who's willing to have that conversation out of nowhere with me but that's that's definitely the biggest thing is that people are willing to talk to me and uh it's it's so different because I first started going into it kind of with my little my script what I was going to tell people and I quickly found out that is not how it works like the conversation and it makes it makes it not sound genuine and people can tell too when you're just trying to get your message out to them you're not really trying to talk to them so that's something that I learned is is to really listen to these people meet them where they're at and that was that was a huge learning curve, but it helps a lot to make them at least feel like that I'm trying to understand where they're coming from. Mm, that's good. So you, uh, you know, more often than not run into people who might not call themselves Christians at the time, but are very open to having that conversation with you. Yep. yep. That's good. That's good, man. What's the, what's the craziest experience you've had with somebody <laughs> or the most outlandish I, conversation or something? Um, I really haven't rant had that crazy conversation. I've definitely had some weird ones where people would tell me that they, you know, given the argument that they think like we're in a simulation or, um, or just the classic arguments of, you know, the Bible's old, so you can't trust it. This was coming from someone who said that they were a Christian telling me that, you know, the Bible's old, you can't trust it is written by old sheep herders who blah 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 it's been changed throughout the thousands of years whatever and honestly i've heard arguments like that more from people who claim to be christians on the streets than not and it's i've run into a lot of people who say yeah i'm a christian and then by the end of their convert the conversation with them it's more of yeah i'm spiritual (laughs) yeah right it's more of this new agey or progressive Christianity type stuff. And that actually, I wanted to ask you about that. Just this progressive Christianity, that's an overall term or a blanket term for any kind of progressive ideology that involves Christianity, obviously. But um, what what's your typical response to somebody like that when they start going into progressive ideas like the Bible's not reliable or, um, you know, anything else around the progressive Christianity idea? What's your what what kind of conversations have you had with them about that? Um, the biggest one is postmodernism. You know, my truth is different than your truth. You believe this thing, that's okay, that's true for you, but it's not true for me. And that's the biggest conversation I've had with progressive Christians and trying to tell them and explain to them that truth is truth. Truth is objective the truth of God is completely outside of me. I don't have the power to conjure up who God is. I just because this is what I believe. You believe something to be true. Well, if it turns out to be false, then it's not true whether you believe it or not. And that's the biggest thing. And people will refuse. There are people who will would refuse to tell me, no, I'm wrong. I would, I would ask them. I'd be like, come on. 
just tell me I'm wrong. And like, nope, I won't do it. And I'll go even further and make up some weird scenario. Like if I wear a Beatles t-shirt for three days out of the week, I, and then I die, I think I'm going to spend eternity with the Beatles. And they're like, well, if that's what you believe, then that's fine. And it's, it is, it's it doesn't, it doesn't go much further than, you know, that's fine for you to believe that, but I'm not going to say that's true. They're not willing to say that because they don't know. They don't know if it's true or not. So they're just, it's all, it's all about just make not hurting people's feelings. And if somebody wants to believe something, making sure they're comfortable with that. Um, It's just, it's, it's sensitivity just overblown in our, in our generation and in our world nowadays. Um, It's really sad, but um, what would you, would you encourage Christians to do street preaching at some point in their life? I mean, is it something you think that as Christians is necessary for us to go through? Um, because it probably has helped you in terms of, of apologetics and um, defending your faith and talking with people and knowing all the arguments and things. So do you encourage people to try out street preaching? Um, yeah, I do at least try it. I don't think it, everyone's called to it. I do think everyone's called to some form of evangelism because that's the great commission is to go out and make disciples um, but you know, whether that's over the internet or whatever you're doing to add to that, it doesn't, I don't think it has to be street preaching. When I first started getting into it, I was like, everybody's got to be doing this. Like, <laughs> this is the greatest thing. Everybody's got to do it. Like, but no, I don't think it's for everybody. I certainly would have never thought it was for me, but God just put this overwhelming burden on my heart to go out to preach the gospel to people. And again, I don't think people, everyone has to do it on the streets. I think we should, should at least try it, but I don't think every Christian needs it. I I'd like if every Christian did it. Cause I mean, I mean, we would see some pretty powerful things if more Christians were sharing the gospel. I mean, in general, because well, a lot of Christians are not willing to share their faith because a lot of them have fallen into that postmodern. I don't want to hurt your feelings. You believe what you want to believe and I will and doesn't hurt anybody. But the reality of it is, is you don't know Jesus. I believe you are going to hell. And something like that should, I mean, that alone should cause us to want to share the gospel with whoever, no matter what the repercussions are of that. Hmm. Yeah. I, it's gotta be a good learning experience for everybody again, with just learning how to defend your faith. Um, is, is there something that you've learned about yourself um, through that experience and doing all that kind of stuff? Yeah. I'm an, a very, very introverted person. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, same bro awkward social anxiety like it it takes it took a lot for me to go out into the streets way out of my comfort zone it still is like i i started driving to where i'm going street preaching because i gotta drive about like 30 minutes to a local college town because i live pretty much in the woods and i got a knot in my stomach that's that's the life man living in the woods yeah (laughs) No, I love it. I'm born and raised in the woods, and I mean, I'm yeah, I'm not a city person. <laughs> Me neither. 
but yeah, I, I've learned to just come out of my shell a little bit and have conversations with people. These And what better way to do it than talk about Christianity with random people? I don't know. <laughs> but it's helped a lot with that. Yeah, that's good. That's good, man. Um, I wanted. I was curious if you wanted to talk about Calvinism versus Arminianism. Um, not really. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll just leave it at. I mean, Calvinism's kind of Calvinism's biblical. I'm just saying that. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, so I, I'm a Calvinist as well. So my my family grew up uh, five point Calvinist. Um, I'm. I'm one of those weird ones where like I'm a Calvinist, but I think scripture almost backs up both sides, if that makes sense. Um, and I have just come to the point where God's grace and his sovereignty, we're never fully un- going to understand it. And so I'm not like going to stake my claim in one side, but just mm-hmm. submit to the fact that the way it actually works is something so far outside the way we understand it and even how we perceive scripture i know scripture is inherent and it doesn't change but man there's just there's so much in there that talks about both sides i don't know how to how to go one way or the other without saying there's some kind of middle ground in there that has got to be the way it actually is i don't know i feel you man and i i honestly when i first started tiktok i was like i don't know like very like i talk about calvinism a good bit and like talk to people about it and tell them why they're wrong or whatever. But now I, I avoid trying to talk about it with people. Cause I mean, it, it, I've noticed it can definitely be a conversation. That's a stumbling block for some. Yeah, for and sure. And it's gone to the point where, I mean, I'll just tell people, yeah, I'm a communist, but just read your Bible, just read your Bible. And, and I just happen to those kind of, guys were just happened to be who I found when I became a Christian. They were, I was so drawn to it because I mean, these Calvinistic preachers, they were the ones who could answer my questions. And so I kept listening to them because I've never, never heard the gospel like this. I've never heard truth so clearly being able to answer these tough questions that I had. And not to say that there aren't any good Arminian preachers. I'm not saying that at all. There's plenty. Yeah, of, I, don't sure. really, I don't. I don't listen to many of them, but like you, definitely don't. I mean, I don't even go to a reformed church. My pastor's Armenian, and he challenges me a lot, and it's it's really good. Yeah. Well, I think that the key to having those conversations with people is both parties uh, being very clear that we'll never com- fully and completely understand it, and that just frees you up to have an open conversation. It's not a debate. It's not an argument. As long as you're both seeking truth and that's your number one priority, then have at it. Have the conversation. But I totally agree with you that it does become a stumbling block with some people because they are kind of that. Um, you know, it's either you're Calvinist or you're wrong, or you're a minister, you're wrong, and then that's like the one issue they nail down on and reject all other theologies and stuff. And um, again, I'm not saying like one maybe is right or both is right, but as long as we're both seeking truth, I think those conversations are good to have. Yep. I mean, I've been told multiple times I'm going to hell because I'm a Calvinist, so I'm not saved (laughs) because I believe a false gospel. And it's like, 
on either side, either person telling each other that that's just some serious spiritual immaturity there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So what's your response it, being a Calvinist and stuff? What's your response to people saying, well, okay, if you're a Calvinist, if you, if you believe everything is predetermined, how do you balance uh, predestined salvation and free will? So then like, why do you go do street, pre uh, street preaching? Because if, if people are predestined, if they're ordained before time began, what's the point in, in doing that? I love that question and I love answering it because I mean, that's, that's one of the, num that's one of the number one questions or why even pray? Why do this? Why do that? And for one, because God commands us to go out and to spread the gospel. That's for one. And for me, that's enough, but God doesn't just ordain the ends. He ordains the means and he's chosen he could have done it any way he wants. He's God, but he's chosen to use his people to go out and share the gospel, to spread the message, to bring his word to to the people. And that, and I believe God does everything for his glory, and he see, saw fit that that's what would bring the most glory. Because not, because I mean, because of that. Now I get to see salvation i get to see the gospel being worked out instead of god just magically turning someone into a christian and no one sees it you can see salvation before your eyes and that brings glory to god because one when you see someone someone's eyes get open that brings tremendous faith to me and it's it's the most incredible thing and so yeah god ordains the means as well as the ends and who am I to, you know, if we use God's sovereignty as an excuse to be lazy, to do nothing, then we've completely missed what it means for God to be sovereign. Mm. So let, let's get a little deeper with this, if you will. Um, all those moments like that, um, it, it could totally be a part of God's will and, and uh, predetermined for you to play a part in someone coming to Christ. Do you believe that, like, how does free will play a part in that then do you think all of your actions leading up to that point are predestined and you have no control over those so you, what do you think about that here here's what i believe about free will i think in our nat we have free will in our natural state and our nature as human beings if is to sin by nature we are children of wrath we are sinners we you know it is because of the grace of God that he gives us faith the ability to have faith and repentance is by his goodness and his grace and his mercy that we're allowed to do those things but in our natural state we are sinners and so we have the free will to sin all we want <laughs> but but salvation comes by the gift of God his sanctifying work on us it, it is a gift from him and I left to my free will I'm never choosing God. You know, the natural man is a hater of God. And so God has to, God has to push himself on us, on our, on our free will in order for us to be saved. You know, people who say God is a gentleman, God's not going to force himself on you. That's, that's not true. God does all the saving. If it was up to me, I would have, I know for a fact, I would not have chosen God. I loved the life I was living, doing drugs, drinking, having sex, whatever. I, I loved doing it. And it took God working 
miraculously to cause me to hate those things now. And so just to backtrack, yeah, we have free will according to our human nature and everything the Bible says about our human nature is sinful. Hmm. Yeah, man. There's, there's a lot to that and we could probably talk for hours about free will and the balance of all things. Um, I think we make genuine decisions and that's one of those things to where what's the line and I don't think that's something that's something that I don't think we're going to fully grasp exactly. because we know God is sovereign and we also know that there are commands in the Bible like working out your salvation or putting on the full armor of God that are clear that these are things that we do and so that's just I don't know, Charles Spurgeon said, how do you, someone asked Charles Spurgeon, how do you, um, how do you have God's sovereignty and predestination coexist with, or how do you reconcile God's sovereignty with human responsibility? And he says, there's no need to reconcile two friends. They coexist perfectly with each other. And People may see that as a cop-out answer, but I like that answer. <laughs> it's a very good answer. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, if you had one book other than the Bible to recommend to people, um, whether it's on Christianity or just whatever, in terms of personal development or just bettering yourself, uh, what would you what would you say? Um, just overall. My favorite book that I've read is Pilgrim's Progress, written by uh, <clears throat> John Bunyan. Um, I think it's it's the second best-selling book, other than the Bible. It's 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 right up there, number two. I think it was written in like the 1600s or something. Have you read it before? I have not. No, I I, I know the story and a little bit about it, but I haven't read the book yet. No. It's a fantastic book. It's just, it, it uses all, uses metaphor. Like the main character's name is Christian. He runs into people with names that, that like explain exactly who they are, you know, whether their, their name would be deceitful or something like that. And it, through all the way, it's his journey to the celestial city, which is heaven and goes through all these trials and it's an amazing book. Yeah. I remember watching some cheesy like kids show rendition movie um, of the book. And it was, I grew up on like no, that story and everything. And this, it, it was very, very cheesy and, and poorly made, but it got the point across and I enjoyed that growing up. Um, okay. We're running out of time, getting close to 30 minutes here, but real quick, uh, you got any like hope for um, new Christians or young Christians? Uh, my audience is primarily younger teenagers kind of, our generation demographic. So um, hit us with, with some hope, man. All right. Well, especially for young Christians, I mean, I think of Christians who are in high school or even college, um, specifically public school, that, I mean, there are these crazy ideologies being shoved down kids' throat, whether, you know, someone being told by a school counselor that, you know, they're talking with their counselor about depression, and the counselor's answer is, well, maybe you're a boy trapped in a girl's body, or vice versa. Just this this transgender agenda being shoved in the school, this or this LGBT agenda being shoved in the school to where all of your problems may be rooted because of your sexuality and 
it is so dangerous to be using our sexuality as our identity. Our identity should never be our sex. Our sexuality should never be our identity. Our identity is in Jesus Christ. And I was thinking about that earlier today. Um, but just all these other things, just for these Christians. And I mean, I went to public school, and it's ten times worse than even when I went. Um, so. Stay in the word, stay in prayer. You know, you're spending countless hours being taught these false things. We need to be spending countless hours feeding on the truth of God, praying to him, um, surrounding ourselves with other believers, because we cannot do that on our own. That is, you know, it's a powerful force being being in public school, being fed all of these things, all these lies. And that needs to be combated aggressively with prayer and reading, reaching out to your pastor, um, youth groups, whatever it is, surrounding yourselves with those people, surrounding yourselves with truth. Because, I mean, it is so easy to fall into the crowd where, you know, everyone around you is doing this, doing that, drinking, partying, whatever it is. Uh, it's, I mean, it is unbelievably tempting to fit in, to want to fit in. I mean, that was me. I was doing whatever, and it's just not worth it. It's not worth it. It's only going to bite you in the butt in the end. Um, so, I mean, that's my advice, is especially those kids in public school. Yeah, absolutely, man. All that temptation and that sin, it promises you everything, and then it gives you absolutely nothing in the end. Yep. It just takes away your integrity and your character. Um, and just to add on to that, you know, for all you – young ones out there listening, you know, you give the devil an inch and he's going to take a mile like Will's saying. So don't even introduce all that party scene and, and the stuff the world is doing. I know it looks fun and it looks enticing and you may feel like the odd one out. And yeah, you maybe are the odd one out because the world is not going to like the Christian life that we're trying to live and strive for. So, but you got to remain strong. You got to stay pure to um, God's word and his commandments. And Will's exactly right. Dive into the word, dive into prayer, stay consistent with that because that's where your strength comes from. Real quick before we close out, if you guys want to pick up one of these awesome hats right here and some cool patriotic and Christian t-shirts, go to defender-gear.com. Use code Reagan10, get 10% off. It's almost Christmas time. So you can pick up one of those for a patriotic friend or family member. They make for a great present. Don't start celebrating Christmas just yet. Thanksgiving hasn't happened yet. Well, actually, I'm going to post this after Thanksgiving, so you're fine if you're celebrating Christmas right now. But anyway, uh, make sure to pick one of those up, defender-gear.com, promo code Reagan10. Will, thank you so much for joining me, man. That was a, a lot of great truth, a lot of good encouragement and hope out of you. And uh, I know some people are going to get some really good stuff out of this episode. So appreciate your time, bro. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate having me.